Being a chef means keeping your cool in the kitchen. And with Resi Priority Notify and Global Dining Access through my Amex Platinum card, right this way, it's nice to try someone else's food for a change. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. Feeling like you need a punch of energy? Enter wonderful pistachios. I love them. The snack that packs a protein punch. And the best part, they come in so many flavors and so many sizes. Whether you're on the go or chilling at home, wonderful pistachios, they're the go-to snack for me. Here's the real kicker, the protein. These little wonders are one of the highest protein nuts out there. Just one ounce serves up a whopping six grams of protein, giving you over 10% of your daily value. So visit wonderfulpistachios.com to learn more. I love them. This episode brought to you by 20th Century Studios' Kingdom of the Planet of the Apes. Director Wes Ball breathes new life into the epic franchise. As a ruthless king attempts to build his empire at the expense of the remaining human race, a young ape begins a journey to fight for a future for apes and humans alike. Kingdom of the Planet of the Apes. Enter the kingdom in IMAX, now playing, and theaters everywhere. Get tickets now. Thanks for listening to the Best of the Herd podcast. Be sure to catch us live every weekday on Fox Sports Radio at noon to 3 Eastern, 9 a.m. to noon Pacific. Find your local station for the Herd at foxsportsradio.com or stream us live every day on the iHeartRadio app by searching Fox Sports Radio or FSR. This is the Best of the Herd with Colin Cowherd on Fox Sports Radio. Oh, it's a loaded Monday. Coaches getting fired already in the NFL live in Los Angeles. It's the Herd. Wherever you may be and however you may be listening, thanks for making us part of your day one hour from now. What a weekend. What a great four-day stretch where Colin was right, where Colin was wrong. There was plenty of both. I am here to tell you that was four. I even went to a hockey game. I was going left and right. Uh, last night, the Chargers never failed to disappoint. But I want to be friends with Bradley Cooper, the actor. And I'm saying nice stuff about Philadelphia today, J-Mac. That team in close games, unbelievable. I'd, I'd say get it out of your system now because the Niners are beating them this coming Sunday. Well, let's start with this. I do not believe in coincidences. I do not believe in luck. I do not believe in fate. I do not. Philadelphia, last two years, is 14-2 and two in one-score games. The Bills are 8-9. and nine. Why? They both have great quarterbacks, both have good enough rosters, both have very smartly owned franchises. Why the disparity? Because the Eagles, as I've said before, have an absolute offensive identity, and the Bills have a really talented quarterback. That's not an identity. They asked Josh Allen to save the day, and sometimes he can. He's a remarkable player, and sometimes he can't. And in fourth quarters, in crisis, in close games, it's not enough. Seattle, defensive coach. Steelers, defensive coach. Chargers, defensive coach. Buffalo, defensive coach. What are their offensive identities? Eagles have an offensive coach. Josh Allen is now 0-6 in overtime in his career. You think it's a coincidence? I don't buy it. I don't buy fate. I don't buy luck. I don't buy coincidence. Three times this year, the Bills have faced an elite quarterback. Last night, Cincinnati when Burrow was healthy and the Jags. And they're 0-3. Why would that be? 
Because when they face a team that has a quarterback that is at least in the stratosphere of Josh Allen's talent, Burrow, Jalen Hurts, Trevor Lawrence, then the details matter. And the Bills' run game, oh, it's a little better this year, but still incredibly Josh Allen dependent. He had both their rushing touchdowns last night and half their yards. And once they get to the red zone where Philadelphia can beat you so many ways, it's all about Josh Allen making a play. That's what Mahomes has. Mahomes has the advantage of a coaching staff that can rebuild his offensive line in one off season, that can rebuild the defense in a year and a half, that can rebuild a receiving core. Buffalo, six years in, their run game is still overly dependent on one guy, especially in the red zone, Josh Allen. Philadelphia in the first half played very lethargically, very flat, and gave the Bills twice a turnover and a short field. And Philadelphia led. But in the second half, when Philadelphia forced the Bills to drive down the field, Philadelphia had to drive down the field too, then it looked like the Eagles were the better team. And they clearly have a better identity. 14-2 and two, the last two years in one-score games. I don't want to hear about officials. I don't want to hear about luck. I don't want to hear about coincidences. I don't want to hear about the league is rigged. Yeah, yeah, that's what it is. They don't want the Cowboys to win Super Bowl last last 30 years. That's what the league is. They, they, they don't want the Packers to make the playoffs last year with Aaron Rodgers. That's what the league really wants. Now, Philadelphia is great with an absolute identity, and the Super Bowl window, let's be honest for Buffalo, for the time being is closed. Because this year, Josh Allen, basically Superman, is an $18 million cap hit. You want to know what Josh Allen is next year? A $47 million cap hit. So you've wasted all this time. You have no offensive identity. You're super talented. I don't doubt that. I think you, I think you have really good people in the, the building. I think you have a smartly owned, smartly uh, GM'd franchise. You're not firing people left and right like that clown show down in Charlotte. That's not about it. But again, I look at some of these teams that are very talented, and they don't have an identity. You know who does? The Niners. Philadelphia. <laughs> Offensive coaches. And I think Sean McDermott has some questions to answer. It's more excuses. Eight and nine in one possession games the last two years. Josh Allen, 0 and 6 in overtime. I do not believe in coincidences. Here's the coach after. There's a tough group of guys in that locker room, right? So a tough group of coaches. And, um, you know, we're a good football team, and, and we just came, up, came out on the short end here. So um, there are no, no moral victories. Um, every, each and every one of us have to look at ourselves. And like I told you, that starts with me, and, um, and that's what you do. Uh, that's what the best do, and, and uh, I know our, our football team's a darn good football team. Little less prickly last night. Little less dogmatic. Didn't have the answers. Sean McDermott knows mirrors have always been effective. People don't like to look at them. At least he's acknowledging he does, which I appreciate. You cannot be 0-6 in overtimes with Josh Allen. Nope. Don't want to hear about it. Nope. NFL's not rooting against the Bills. The NFL would love to have Josh Allen in a Super Bowl. Super Bowl. They would love to have Josh Allen in a Super Bowl. 
They would have loved that Aaron Rodgers made the playoffs last year. Stop making excuses. Start winning close games. Build an identity. Philadelphia has it. Speaking of Philadelphia, the box score, it's just funny. That's why you, you got to watch the games every snap. The box score would give you no indication Philly won the game last night. <laughs> it's crazy. Time of possessions, uh, first downs. It was one-sided Buffalo. Outgained in four straight games. 4-0 in those games. And I don't want to hear, well, what about the Steelers? No, no, because one team has a big boy quarterback. Philadelphia can beat you six different ways. They are the Major League Baseball pitcher that has three to four out pitches. Um, the Dolphins can fill a stat sheet. The Eagles fill the win column. This is what they do. They can play from behind. They can smush you. They can roll uh, in a track meet. Uh, shootouts. They can win ugly. They, like last night, can have an awful first half. Awful. And beat a good team. Not a great team, Buffalo, but a good team. My only question about Philadelphia is, is Jalen Hurts underrated? Now, that sounds ridiculous, right? Because we talk about him all the time. But from IQ to resilience to playmaking to mobility to deep balls, when trailing in the second half for overtime this season, these numbers don't make any sense. This is, it is so hard to play this position when you're trailing. His passer rating is almost 140. He has seven passing touchdowns, three rushing touchdowns, and no picks. That's like better than Mahomes in the early days. That is Patrick Mahomes' territory. And Jalen Hurts is getting better. He's getting better. He did this without Lane Johnson. When he was missing Lane Johnson last year, it wasn't the same offense. Um, I mean, we have watched in the last couple of weeks Mahomes, Josh Allen, and Jalen Hurts, you know, play one another, okay, in, in recent weeks, right? And I trust Jalen Hurts more. I know. Now, some of that's the Kansas City Chiefs' lack of star receivers. But um, I'm watching Jalen Hurts, and he that dude is presidential. People used to make fun of me when I used to talk about, I want my quarterback to be quarterback I want him to be presidential hat on forward, buttoned up, from the way Jalen Hurts dresses, talks, podium, playing. He is so buttoned up. He is so dependable. There's a calmness with him. There's a, a, a maturity with him that last night, that game goes to overtime, everybody in America not living in the, the Buffalo area code is like, oh yeah, Philadelphia's going to win this game. He's got the ability to be calm, without being low energy, energized, without being hyper, and clutch with no anxiety. It's really something special to watch. And um, we've had quarterbacks not drafted in the first round. Drew Brees, second round, Brady, Russell Wilson, Joe Montana. We've had a lot of good quarterbacks that weren't top 10 picks. But you start looking at Philadelphia right now, what separates them is their ability to beat you so many ways and absolutely always be the best time on the field if the game is tied or close late. And I think it all starts with Jalen Hurts. Think about this. The last two weeks, we have seen Mahomes, Allen, and Hurts on the same field. Only one of them is 2-0 and with seven touchdowns and two fourth-quarter comebacks. Like, I, I, I'm to the point now, I always thought, hey, he's somewhere in the top ten. Should we just now put him in the Allen-Mahomes-Burrow category? Because what I'm watching from maturity to calmness 
uh, uh, resiliency to IQ. Everything about this kid is right. The podium, the field, fourth quarter, post-game, what he says before games, when he talks about injuries. I mean, if this is where the league is going, Jalen Hurts. I, 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 my only question about Philadelphia, am I underrating this kid? Uh, here's their coach after. He's clutch. He's been clutch for us and clutch for this city and clutch for this team for the past, you know, three years now. And, uh, or, you know, and so, um, you know, just he just kept, you know, going and, and uh, put his head down and worked and, and made some big time plays at the end. You know, who knows? You don't have to be, uh, you know, we, we, we understand in quarterback play, it's not all linear. You're not great every Sunday. You have good halves, bad halves. It's really hard. It's really hard to be quarterback. But is there a more dependable quarterback late in games these days than Jalen Hurts? Fourth quarter, I just he just, you know, again, I'm not saying the O-line doesn't help, but he's been missing Lane Johnson. I'm not saying the running backs, the coaching, the receivers, they always have good tight ends. I'm not saying it's not a community, but boy, he is something. He is really something in games like last night. Uh, and the, yesterday there was a lot of bad quarterback play. There was a lot of average quarterback play. There was a lot of slightly above average quarterback play. And then there's Jalen Hurts. And it's just like, wow. And it, it that second half, the ability to control things late, crucial plays. And again, you go to the box score, you to think Philadelphia lost by two touchdowns. And that's the art of it. They've got out pitches. They don't have to play great in the first few innings. They can play from behind. They can win ugly. Miami Dolphins fill a stat sheet. <laughs> Josh Allen fills a stat sheet. And I'm not knocking either because Miami's a fun watch and Josh Allen's amazing. Hurts wins games. And he wins them the way you got to win them in December and January and February. You're playing in cold weather. The margins shrink. You often trail. The pressure's intense. And that kid just gets better. That is, that, that's innate. I, I think you're, some of that stuff I don't think you can coach. Some of that stuff is just in Jalen Hurts. But how much fun is that to watch? All right, J-Mac, um, Colin Wright, Colin Wrong, 45 minutes from now. I really do want to be friends with Bradley Cooper. I think he'd like me. I, I want to be friends with Jalen Hurts. He's unflappable. <laughs> like, I want that guy on my rec league basketball team. We're down 10 late. He's not afraid of anything. I will say, how excited are you for the MVP showdown? Jalen Hurts versus Brock Purdy this week in <laughs> Philly. I'm, you know I'm pushing that Brock Purdy MVP angle. Hurts is the leader. By the way, seven for seven in the red zone the last two weeks. I mean, Philly gets down. It's like they can't be stopped in the red zone. Unstoppable. Just touchdowns. It's really fun to watch. Um, some thoughts on Jim Harbaugh in Michigan. You thought you had him. You don't. And now they're even in a stronger position. Why I would make Michigan number one in the country today. I'll explain that coming up. Be sure to catch live editions of The Herd weekdays at noon Eastern, 9 a.m. Pacific on Fox Sports Radio, FS1, and the iHeartRadio app. Attention all wrestling aficionados. Wrestling with Freddie makes its triumphant return for an electrifying fourth season. This is Freddie Prince Jr., and I am beyond thrilled to announce that our wrestling extravaganza is back, and joining me once again is the one and only Jeff Dye. Get ready as we highlight the most jaw-dropping matches, dissect the fiercest feuds, and uncover the latest twists and turns in the world of pro wrestling. We're dusting off our legendary side quests and unleashing a barrage of brand new segments that will keep you guys on the edge of your seat like our talks on unsanctioned Thursdays. Freddie, you know we gotta give the people what they want. This season, we have an all-star lineup of special guests who are gonna be gracing our podcast, bringing with them their own unique insights, experiences, and all of that in the world of pro wrestling and beyond. 
Whether you're a seasoned wrestling veteran or a fresh-faced newcomer, we promise an experience like no other. So buckle up, wrestling fans. Listen to Wrestling with Freddie as part of the My Cultura Podcast Network, available on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. What's up, everybody? This is Stephen A. Smith. When I'm not at my day job, first tape. You can find me in my studio hosting the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast. Tune in every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday at the very least as I bring you all new episodes that feature the biggest headlines in the world of sports, pop culture, business, and politics. You'll hear my unfiltered opinions on those nauseating cowboy fans, the chaos in Washington, D.C., and trending topics on social media as well as my straight-shooter interviews with top celebrities and game changers. And I occasionally give out love advice. Yes, it's true. If you want to know my true feelings about something, I'll give it to you straight. So, listen to the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcast. Oh, it is great to have you in. So uh, we liked Michigan. We said whoever's more committed to the run in the Ohio State-Michigan game has won 21 straight. It's now official. It's 22. They both averaged about the same yards per carry, but Michigan once again was more committed. Ohio State came into the game as the eighth best rushing team in the Big Ten, and Michigan prevailed, as we thought. There's always a silver lining. Isn't this a good message for life? Even in the darkest, bumpiest, ugliest, most turbulent times, there is always a silver lining. With Jim Harbaugh off the field, they are 6-0. and In my opinion, Georgia is not undefeated if Kirby Spart misses six games. There's no way Alabama's 11-1 and if Nick Saban missed six games. They were lucky to beat Auburn this weekend. Texas, no way they're 11-1 and without Sark play calling being part of that offense. Washington is not undefeated without Kalen DeBoers on the sideline. Yet Michigan is so good, they're 6-0. and And that would make me propel them today to the number one team in the playoff rankings. And that is huge because what nobody wants to do is face Georgia or Oregon first. That number one spot matters a lot. I could, I think, toe-to-toe, Oregon may be the best team in the country. What you want is that number one ranking so you can face Florida State with a backup or Alabama with a weak quarterback or Texas, who's very talented, but it's Texas. <laughs> they stub their toe a lot. To me, the only reasonable fair argument is Michigan number one. Oregon's got a loss. Texas does. Bama does. Georgia? What would propel you to vote Georgia over Michigan? Who's got the most impressive win? Michigan. Who's got a first-round quarterback? 
Michigan, who went undefeated without their coach on the sidelines. Michigan. Georgia's always been about defense. This year, who's got the better defense? Michigan. Harb's, Harbaugh's absence now can only fairly be viewed as a strength. Undefeated, beating two top ten teams. Defense better than Georgia. Don't have a loss. All that controversy. Ohio State is a really good team. I wouldn't be bothered if somebody put Ohio State in as the number four team. I think they're better than Texas. I think they're better than Bama. Now, I don't think they're better than one loss Oregon. I think Oregon, again, maybe the best team in the country. But everybody, don't get too down. The only reasonable fair take is that Harbaugh not being on the sidelines and able to beat a team as good as Ohio State. That is a real big boy team. That defense is really good. And Michigan just kept getting the ball and mowing over them and running over them and scoring over them. Here was Jim Harbaugh yesterday. My focus has been with the team, you know, the entire time. This has uh, been a tremendous season. Uh, right, right, the exact position that we hoped for, that we worked so hard to be in, and and um, it's onward now. There's, uh, we've accomplished many of our goals, but not all of them yet. You know, now the next is is winning the conference championship, and that's that's uh, where our focus is, and so. Um, I would say, you know, to be back, but I never left. Powerful. Right. 6-0 and without him on the sidelines. Georgia, Texas, Bama, Washington, Oregon. Uh, could the other teams do that? Could they beat Ohio State? Ohio State's good. Ohio State's really good. Be sure to catch live editions of The Herd weekdays at noon Eastern, 9 a.m. Pacific. So, um... I think the Sean Payton Denver Broncos story is incredible. So just think about this. The Chargers could have hired Sean Payton. They went cheap. They are now circling the drain. Sean Payton left the Saints. They now look like one of the worst coach teams in the league, circling the drain. And Sean Payton and Denver are surging. Anybody else notice this? Hottest team in the AFC? Do I think they're the best team in the AFC? No. But every metric and every data indicates that Sean Payton has got Russell Wilson, Mr. Washed, that's what everyone claimed. Sean Payton has got Russell back to being mostly Russell in Seattle. The passing yards are down. All the other metrics, very even to Seattle. Also, uh, the Sean Payton took a shot at Nathaniel Hackett. That was inappropriate. Looks like it was very right. The, the Jets are an unwatchable Nat Hackett tire fire, and Sean Payton has won five straight. You may not have liked his opinions. They weren't wrong. And when you're truly great, and Sean Payton, I believe, is as a play designer and an offensive coach, there is something called the domino effect or the ripple effect that you will have absolute influence on things you're not just directly connected to. You think the Chargers would be struggling with Sean Payton? You think the Saints with Derek Carr and Sean Payton would be this inept offensively? Yes, they gave up 70 points to Miami. Oh, I'm sure the trolls on the internet, what a bum! 
every smart business person knows sometimes you have to bottom out it creates clarity and that created clarity in their five game winning streak they've given up 80 points total when you watched that game yesterday it was the defense the defense was like physical and nasty and pushing Cleveland around four of their five wins by the way have come against teams with winning records like a Kansas City's mixed in there yeah it's a real team it's a real team sometimes you have to bottom out they did against Miami but Sean Payton I said it before this was a big lift way bigger than he probably presumed and I don't think Russell Wilson is the perfect quarterback for his system I think it's pretty difficult this is not his ideal quarterback but he's making it work is what great coaches do and the ripple effect of Sean Payton the Chargers the Saints even the Jets now yeah the Jets took that coach that's a ripple effect here's Sean after we felt like this was going to be a pretty physical game um, we had a lot of respect for this team and fortunately, we jumped ahead early on in that first half. And um, again, we have a game where we have three takeaways. I think that's four weeks in a row now. Um, we were better in the red zone. There were a lot of things we did today that, um, that I was pleased with. And we felt like we beat a good football team. They did. Efficient, buttoned up. Low turnovers. Isn't it amazing, too, in the NFL? It's crazy. And I don't think Denver feels like a playoff team. But when you get the quarterback playing well in this league, isn't it amazing how good the other players look? Go back one year. And I, and I was guilty. I was like, Patrick Sertan's our only good player. What would I? And then I'm watching him yesterday, and Cleveland's a physical team. And Denver was more physical. The safety. Simmons is great. I love both. Williams and Pirine, the running backs. Both can catch. Both are physical. Offensive line's playing pretty well. Jerry Judy. Mims was a great draft pick. Now, he's going to be a little inconsistent. Rookie receivers are, but he's explosive. Their backup tight end's making great plays. That's why I say there's only one player in the NFL, one position quarterback worth more than a point a game. If you get that right, nobody talks about drop passes. Nobody talks about officials. Nobody talks about play calling. Sean's number one job, just get Russell Wilson right. He has, and now you watch Denver, it's like they got dudes. They can match up with anybody. They can match up with Jacksonville. They can match up with Kansas City. They just beat them. They can match up with Baltimore. The way they're playing is run first, Russell second. He's now moving like he did in Seattle. Excellent defense. This team, I don't think they're going to be a playoff team, but I start looking around and I'm like, Pittsburgh doesn't feel like a playoff team. And my guess is today, Steelers are going to make the playoffs. Look at their schedule. Look at their defense. This is what coaching looks like. Fun stuff. Colin Wright, Colin Wrong, top of the hour. Be sure to catch live editions of The Herd weekdays at noon Eastern, 9 a.m. Pacific. I miss the King. King. What's good, y'all? It's your main man, Michael Smith, esteemed NFL analyst and certified fantasy football legend. Allow me to present to you your new favorite fantasy football podcast, The Dynasty Exchange, hosted by my first-round rookie picks, Davis, Dylan, and Josh, three guys who most definitely know their stuff. 
They are the co-commissioners of the coolest and most cutthroat dynasty league you'll ever come across, the Yacht Club. And now they're the co-hosts of the most elite. Now make that the definitive dynasty program in the game. It's dedicated to only the most devoted of diehards, the guys like me who can't stay off sleeper in KTC. And trust me, you won't regret making the choice to follow their dynasty advice. Listen to Michael Smith presents the Dynasty Exchange on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. So I want to say this about Patrick Mahomes and the Chiefs. We got our first glimpse this year of the old Chiefs. Down 14-0, suddenly leading 21-14, three possessions later. So dynasties go in stages, and it's always turbulent when you're transitioning from stage one to stage two, which the Chiefs are. But now remember, everything about them is Super Bowl worthy. A coach, A quarterback, A O-line, uh, top four pass rush team. So there's a lot to like about them. They're just very, very young at wide receiver. And they're trying to mature at wide receiver very fast. So uh, Rasheed Rice, second-round pick, very talented. He's a baby. He's a kid. They're trying to speed up his maturity. Uh, Kadarius Toney, who didn't play yesterday, super athletic, super twitchy, but he's just wildly inconsistent. Can't trust him. Doesn't mean he can't make big plays. Uh, Justin Watson, to me, is a two or a three, but he is productive, and Mahomes does appear to trust him. So I would say this about Kansas City. They have what they call first-world problems. They're 8-3 and three in the tougher conference, in now a better-than-we-thought division, because Denver's good. Um, they're 8-3, and three, and one of their losses, they were missing Chris Jones, their best defensive player, and Travis Kelsey, their best offensive player, not named Patrick Mahomes. So it's like first-world problems. Um, and also remember this, Joe Burrow, gone. Josh Allen, won't be in the playoffs. Justin Herbert won't be in the playoffs. Trevor Lawrence and the Jags can't beat the Chiefs 0-3. Tua, oh, give me a break. Limited, especially in cold weather. Uh, and Lamar Jackson, who we love, deserves MVP votes. January's he's either been unavailable or lost. So it was a little bit of the old Kansas City. You got a little glimpse of it. Uh, I still think this team is trying to find its way at wide receivers. I don't think they have a one. Rasheed Rice is really good. You can't ask a rookie wide receiver with a sophisticated system to walk in and crush pre-Thanksgiving. He's getting there, and here was Mahomes after. When you have a short week and you're playing a, a team like the Raiders, you know, always plays you tough. Um, you have to you have to bounce right back. You wash it, you learn from it, and then you kind of just go back to the fundamentals and working. Um, and so we still have stuff to learn from this game. I mean, there's there were certain situations where we didn't execute at a high enough level, um, but we're obviously took a step in the positive direction. Now let's just continue to do that throughout the rest of the season. For the record, we look at the Raiders as sort of dysfunctional, and we look at Carolina, who fired their coach today. What a mistake! Dysfunctional. But I'll say this, it looks like, even with that loss, how competitive the Raiders were, they will give Antonio Pierce, we would suspect, the gig. And I think that rights the ship a little. Whether or not he's a great coach, I don't know. But when you're turbulent, when you're turbulent in the NFL, when you're a bit of a tire fire, the Jets, the answer is not always fire the coach. The Jets do not have a roster offensively to win a lot of games in the AFC. They do not. Uh, Carolina does not have a roster good enough to win. Uh, the Raiders, I've said this, the Raiders roster 
They've got an elite pass rusher and some really nice offensive pieces. There is no reason the Raiders could not be a playoff team next year. I don't buy this. for Carolina's got no offensive. Devontae Adams, Hunter Renfro, Jacobs, a good left tackle. Raiders got players. Raiders has offensively and an elite pass rusher. Don't tell me the Raiders don't have players. They're not that far off. But the story yesterday in this game is we got a little old Kansas City. You know, 21 nothing, 14 nothing down quickly, three possessions, couple possessions, bang, you lead, you're tied. And that's something with Burrow gone. Herbert's not making the playoffs. Trevor Lawrence has never played well against the Chiefs. It's something. Be sure to catch live editions of The Herd weekdays at noon Eastern, 9 a.m. Pacific. Attention all wrestling aficionados. Wrestling with Freddie makes its triumphant return for an electrifying fourth season. This is Freddie Prince Jr., and I am beyond thrilled to announce that our wrestling extravaganza is back, and joining me once again is the one and only Jeff Dye. Get ready as we highlight the most jaw-dropping matches, dissect the fiercest feuds, and uncover the latest twists and turns in the world of pro wrestling. We're dusting off our legendary side quests and unleashing a barrage of brand new segments that will keep you guys on the edge of your seat like our talks on unsanctioned Thursdays. Freddie, you know we gotta give the people what they want. This season, we have an all-star lineup of special guests who are gonna be gracing our podcast, bringing with them their own unique insights, experiences, and all of that in the world of pro wrestling and beyond. Whether you're a seasoned wrestling veteran or a fresh-faced newcomer, we promise an experience like no other. So buckle up, wrestling fans. Listen to Wrestling with Freddie as part of the My Cultura Podcast Network, available on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty, Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. What's up, everybody? This is Stephen A. Smith. When I'm not at my day job, first tape. You can find me in my studio hosting the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast. Tune in every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday at the very least as I bring you all new episodes that feature the biggest headlines in the world of sports, pop culture, business, and politics. You'll hear my unfiltered opinions on those nauseating cowboy fans, the chaos in Washington, D.C., and trending topics on social media as well as my straight-shooter interviews with top celebrities and game-changers. And I occasionally give out love advice. Yes, it's true. If you want to know my true feelings about something, I'll give it to you straight. So, listen to the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcast. All right, where Colin was right, where Colin was wrong, as is customary on a Monday. Plenty of both. Here we go. Where Colin was right. I predicted Michigan would be more committed to the run game and therefore win. They had 122 yards rushing in just the second half. That's more than Ohio State had in the game. I said the team that runs the football the last 21 years more committed to it, more productive wins. It's now 22 straight years. As good as the Ohio State defense is, and it's special, 
Michigan controlled the game, scoring every, almost every time they got opportunities in the second half, field goal or touchdowns. And again, we said, whoever runs the ball with greater commitment and conviction will win, and that was Michigan. Where Colin was wrong. I had the Bills winning their division, and frankly, they shoot themselves in the foot maybe more than any good team in this league. Ten penalties in the first half. They had opportunities. It's like the Eagles came out flat and wanted to handle the hand the Bills a W, and they couldn't get it done. So the Bills are not going to be, unless they turn it around quickly, very quickly a playoff team, and I was wrong. Where Colin was right? The Broncos. I said Russell Wilson, come on, washed? He got something left in the tank, washed? And I also felt that Sean Payton is one of the smartest coaches I've ever discussed, talked to, had dinner with. Sean would figure it out, but it was a big lift, probably bigger than he imagined. But their defense now is young, talented, and aggressive. They are tied for the NFL's uh, longest winning streak. And frankly, their defense, which was an issue earlier, that's been coached up. They pushed Cleveland, a physical team, around. We got that one right. Where Colin was wrong. Carolina fired their coach, Frank Reich, today. I like the hire. I still do. Fire the GM. They've got no offensive pieces at all. I still think Bryce Young has talent, though he doesn't look as good as C.J. Stroud. I do not think this is the answer. How many coaches have they had if you count interim guys in the last six, seven years? Seven? It's ridiculous. But I thought it would work. I thought they'd be more competitive. Uh, I talked myself out of giving them the division. In the summer, I talked myself. I said, they're going to they're gonna make the playoffs. Now I talked myself out of that by August. But in the end, I didn't think it would be this bad. Where Colin was right? Remember this summer, J-Mac, when everybody said the Rams are going to be terrible? And I said, they're going to be in the 7-8-9 area. They have too many good weapons. They have too good of a coach. Cooper Cup, Aaron Donald. They've got too many guys. Maybe not in their prime, but McVay's one of the smartest coaches. He'll manufacture offense, and they've done a remarkable job with duct tape getting their offensive line right. They finally got healthy yesterday. Williams, the running back, was back. Currently five and six. The over-under in Vegas was only six, but if you watch them play, they have a life because their best players, their tight end, their right tackle, their quarterback, they draft well. They were never going to be abysmal with Sean McVay. Where Colin was wrong. I had Detroit in and Dallas out in the Super Bowl bubble. But you know what? I got to say this for Dallas. At least they trounce the teams they're supposed to. I mean, what happened to Detroit against Green Bay? You can't go in at home short week against Jordan Love and make him look like Dan Marino. I was wrong. Dallas does something that great teams or good teams do. They beat the teams convincingly they're supposed to. Lions can't even at home? I mean, they, that, that game wasn't even close. Green Bay moved up and down the field on him. I was wrong. Where Colin was right? Alan Lazard jets a healthy scratch yesterday against the Dolphins. That was Friday. I said it when they signed him. You're just trying to appeal to Aaron Rodgers. This is a reach. He's a four, can struggle with consistency. I said you can't just blame Zach Wilson. Who is he throwing to besides Garrett Wilson? This was obviously to appeal to Aaron Rodgers. I like Alan Lazard. Not at that price and not 
committed to be like a number two receiver. He's not. That's okay. But we were right. Where Colin was wrong. In the last four games, Jordan Love is showing growth. Now, we had said Matt LaFleur, young receivers and tight ends. Green Bay does a really good job to draft and develop offensive players. Rarely going to the first round. But I will say this for Jordan Love. He looks much more confident. He's got a nice relationship with these young receivers. He moves very well. I don't see a lot of growth with Kenny Pickett and some of these young quarterbacks. Certainly not Mac Jones, Zach Wilson. You can see coaching, confidence. He clearly sees the field better than he did two months ago. I was wrong. Where Colin was right. I love Shane Steichen hiring by the Colts. Colts are 6-5 and five with Gardner Minshew, baby. And, and again, he's ju- he's had to deal with the, the Leonard, the, the linebacker they let go of. He's got an impulsive, at times, crazy owner. They lost their starting quarterback. It's in the tougher AFC. But, you know... The Chargers general manager told me years ago when Steichen was in the building, this kid's going to be special. He is a difference maker. Shane Steichen, we love the hire. And the Colts, inexplicably, hard to explain, (laughs) are right in the smack dab in the middle of the playoff race with Gardner Minshew. Where Colin was right, where Colin was wrong on a Monday. Feels very right to have Michael Vick on, four-time Pro Bowler, 13 years in the NFL, most career rush yards by a quarterback in league history, over 6,000 Fox Sports NFL analysts. So I I, I said this last week, and I, I used to get crap for saying this, that I would say, I want my quarterback on that Wednesday press conference, Michael. I want the hat on straight. You got the big bank sponsor. You are the face of the franchise. Definitely. Shave. Play the part. Yeah. And I watched Jalen Hurts on that thing. Dude looks like a senator. In fact, he looks better than our senators. And there is something about his maturity. And I know I got crap for this, but it does matter. I think the team feeds off his maturity and his resilience. What do you make of what we're seeing? I mean, on and off the field, Jalen Hurts look apart. Um, If I can go back and do it all over 20 years ago, I would certainly make sure that I looked apart. I was... You know, polished when I stepped on the podium. You know, that comes with just leadership and understanding your position. And I think Jalen Hurst really understands the position that he's in. You know, being a quarterback of a flagship organization like the Philadelphia Eagles really means a lot. He takes it serious. And so, you know, that's, that team is maturing and as good as it, as it is because of Jalen Hurst. Is he healthy? When you watch And everybody else, but. Yeah. Is he healthy? I mean, From the looks of it, it don't look, you know, nobody's really healthy this time of the year. And especially the way he played, you know, taking some hits, a lot of sacrifice. Um, but, you know, he's not out there. If he's he, not he wouldn't be out there if he couldn't be out there. He's not For sure. Injured. Yeah. Yeah. And, and so, you know, sometimes accountability and everything matters when you're a competitor. You know, you just, you want to be there for your teammates and you want to show them that I'm willing to go to extra play hurt. Because you gain respect. Right. It's, it's another form of leadership. You know, Michael, it, um, I remember watching Aaron Rodgers at Cal, and then three years later, I'm like, he's got a way better arm. Is that when Jalen Hurts was at Alabama, it was like he runs. People do improve in life. Yeah. I can, a politician can, anybody can. Correct. I think throwing the football, he looks different than three years ago. Yeah. Take me to your progression. Is it because he sees the field? Is it because the receivers are better? Is it coaching? Because remember, he's got a new OC this year. Yeah. He looks so much more comfortable throwing the ball deep. Yeah. 
you you become a better passer when you you learn to anticipate, and and so. I mean, anybody can hit a 10-yard hitch. My son can throw a 10-yard out. <laughs> you can throw a 10-yard. J-Mac, you know, we can all throw, gun those in there with a little practice and repetition. But when you start to throw them down the field throws, them in cuts, them out routes, and routes that, you know, you get a certain coverage, you got to anticipate it. There might be a small window that you got to put the ball. But if you understand pre-snap, look, this was coming, anticipate it. Now you're a little more accurate because you know where you you know you get there before you get to the spot first, and help your receiver get to the spot. So I think that's that's truly important as far as progression for a passer, understanding pre-snap what's going to be there and then seeing it and then hitting it with with accuracy. Yeah, your mind's not racing. Right. You know what's yeah, coming. Yeah, you calm. It's a sense of calm. Yeah. In order to make those throws, other than that, you get wiry, erratic. Yeah. So so um, you ran. Now, now Cam Newton, uh, Big Ben, Josh Allen, because of their size, yep. are a little more durable. Um, and so Josh Allen, much like a Ben and a Cam, he can take a lot of these hits. But I do feel like, okay, we're six years in now, and when this team gets in the red zone, their offense is, hey, Josh, it's like high school. Yeah. Just go make a play. Are they wasting his talent? I don't think they're wasting his talent. I think, you know, just... And with every quarterback, it's, it's, all, it's levels. It's progression. Um, you know, I think you're only going to be as good as your offensive coordinator. Um, you know, and I, I think it's just so true. Sometimes a coach can't win you the game, but they can lose you the game. Us as players got to take the onus of, you know, when the players call, we got to dissect it. We really got to break it all down really, really quick. And, you know, sometimes I used to pride, I pride, pride myself a lot on, you know, if I heard a play call come in and I did something outside of the box within the play, as long as I can explain it, you know, and you can Andy go to Andy Reid and I, explain. Yeah, Andy, he, it, I'd rather him say good job. I don't want to explain it. You know, complete the pass or whatever the check is. You know, make it happen, keep it moving. You know, sometimes you know you get into the red zone and you know get a little tighter. It's a little more anxiety and and them play calls just got to be spot on. And it don't always got to be down the field throws. You know. It's still ways to move the ball you know, I, in the red zone, screens and quick pad dumps. You know, like it's, it's ways to move the ball quick. I want to ask you, so there was a play last night where Gabe Davis broke free, and Gabe turns to the I corner know exactly what you yeah. instead of in. Now, now, Josh Allen's reaction was almost, hey, Gabe, you turned the wrong way. Mm -hmm. So a lot of times in the NFL, you know this, you throw the ball before the cut's made. Yeah. On that play, what is the rule, for instance, Gabe maybe beats his man more uh, more quickly than he anticipated. Right? Is there a rule in this league? Because Josh threw it before Gabe had yeah. Josh, perfectly turned. Josh reacted in a cover zero situation. I mean, it's all out blitz. Everybody's coming, and unless Gabe just ran his route that was designed, the, the play, the route that was in the play call. If May he ran that, to the yeah, corner. I think jo either Josh anticipated him just, it's cover zero. We've seen this look plenty of times. You know what that mean. I mean, all hell about to break loose. Just run. That's why he lobbed it to a spot. It was a perfect pass. Yeah. I think Gabe just ran his route. And so if Gabe ran the route that was designed in the play call, That's he right. did the right thing. Right. But Josh anticipated us being on the same page, years of experience. I could be wrong, but we, when we see cover zero, it's, it's red. By the way, Justin Herbert saw one last night, and he doesn't have a deep threat. Yeah, and, so, and, and, and you know, same reaction. Right.
Okay, I want to ask you about Russell Wilson. So, um, listen, in Seattle, we all knew what he was. Twitchy, moved. He didn't move like you, but the raindrop throws. And then last year, it plummets. So my takeaway was, is he washed? How? He's never been hurt. So now if you look at the last five, six games, he's back to Russell in Seattle. Yeah. Uh, I think in Seattle he had better receivers, but, but he didn't have a Tyler Lockett, but he still got. Uh, so when you watch this Denver offense, what are they doing now, in your opinion, that maybe they weren't a month ago? Uh, I think it's, it's predicated on better field position, one. You know, defense is playing really well. Yes. And so they're, they're giving them opportunities to, you know, beat, have short fields, cross the 50, you know, punt returns and, and get into a good field position, which is, allows the play calling to be different. True. It's so much easier to call the game when you cross the 50 <laughs> as opposed to before you get to the 50. Right, right. And so everything changes. The end zone is a lot closer. It's more opportunity. And, and so it opens up the playbook. You know, especially when you get into that big red. So I think the play calling is different. Russell is definitely getting on the same page with I Sean. I like the running back. Yeah, I like the run. And I like the fact that coach don't, he don't shy away from the run game, even if it's not working. It can be two yards here, three yards there. You pop one for six. And he just, consistency in the run game keeps the defense honest and allow him the play call the way he wants to. So I want to go, uh, uh, C.J. Stroud uh, this weekend lost. But there is something, and we're going to see Justin Fields tonight. And so there's an old, you know, the old saying is, you know, uh, winning's not a quarterback stat. And, you know, right. obviously it's a team game. It is. But I don't think if Davis Mills was starting, they'd be nearly as good as with right. C.J. Stroud with all the yeah. same dudes. Yeah. Are you surprised, because the one thing I think I can tell, I think I can from watching it on television, is that he sees the field so quickly. Yep. Now, I want, so I, I watched you all through college. You didn't have to worry too much about that. And you also, in college, sometimes have stuff schemed. You yeah. got a, a first, second read, yeah. and then run. It's easy, yeah. In the NFL, it's not that easy. No. So when I, when I watch him, I think, oh, he just sees it quickly. Did you see it quickly? Did it take time? What do you make of what you're seeing? Yeah, it, it took time. Um, I'm, I certainly was as good as C.J. Stroud uh, was when I was a rookie, as good as he is now, um, especially so early. I couldn't have handled at all um, starting as a rookie, for one. Um, and, and being honest, it was just, you know, trying to create an understanding of Dan Reeves' offense, it was, it was super complex. Sure. I mean, we even had to call two plays in the huddle sometimes. And, and you know, so it's, it's different. But I don't know what the terminology or verbiage is for C.J. Stroud, but whatever it is, he got it. He's comfortable. Uh, like you say, he sees it really quickly, and, and it's the anticipation part. Know how to anticipate and get there before the defender That's can get what, there. Yes. And, and it, it just works every time. And if they're teaching that and he's grasping that, now you got offense. So um, next week it's Philadelphia, San Francisco. Mm. And I mean, there's like Hall of Fame level dudes. Yeah. And I know it, we're early on this. We still have a Monday night game. But I want you to go back to your career in your biggest games against your best teams. And this is going to be one of these games for Brock Purdy. Now he faces an equal yeah. roster. Um, these are the two best teams, I think, yeah. in the NFC. Yeah, in this game. Is there a lean for you? This is certainly a good indication of what we're going to see down the road, um, you know, in the playoffs at some point, depending on how, you know, everything shapes out and how it's configured. But we'll get a chance to see Brock Purdy 
versus, you know, what he's going to see down the road. I mean, that's a tough Philadelphia Eagles defense that's, you know, led by guys who future Hall of Famers, pro bowlers, and know how to win, you know, mentally. Do you buy Brock Purdy? I mean, against yeah, Seattle. I again, buy, he's, he's, yeah, I buy any quarterback um, who's consistent, consistently good, um, you know, more wins than losses. You know, we, we, we are judged by that, and, you know, he understands exactly what has to happen within that offense in order to move the chains, and so he know how to get Debo involved. He know how to get George Kittle involved. He know how to move the chains, and that's important. That's why he's on the field and, and nobody else. When you have as much talent as Philadelphia – and specifically San Francisco, as a quarterback, did you ever feel pressure? Okay, i got to give George Kittle a look, or he's not going to be happy at halftime. Did yeah. you sense that? You feel it? Yeah, that's, that's a real thing. Um, <laughs> you know, some guys different from others, but you always want to keep guys in the rhythm and keep them happy. And, you know, they spend a lot of time in practice running routes, and sometimes the ball don't come their way. And, you know, they might go two or three periods in practice where they don't touch the ball. And so you want to keep everybody satisfied, want to keep them into the game, and you know, just want them to keep leading and, and blocking for you and fighting for you. <clears throat> you know, when you, know, you got to handle business the other way or when we got to go run centric. You know, just, just stay involved. The best, the best leaders and the best players are the guys who are unselfish, the guys that I've been around who don't really care about stats. They'll get theirs when they get theirs, and... and you know, it's it's more team oriented than anything else. But occasionally, you'll get an AJ Brown. Somebody wants to get which into is your... good too. So so when it happened, Absolutely. when somebody came to you on the sidelines, make what... you better. It, it make you better. It, it it just heightens your focus. You know, these these one our premier players. You got to touch it. I was watching the game last night. And I felt, you know, I just said to myself, all good things happen when AJ Brown touched the ball. And and so you can't get him the ball all the time. You got to spread it around. You got Swift. You got Devontae. You got to spread it around, but, you know, that guy can be the reason why they win it all. Yeah. Uh, Michael Vick is joining us. So you're friends with Lamar Jackson. Yeah. He's having a great year. Um, I just love watching him play. There's another guy that's grown. Is um, The last couple of years he's gotten banged up. It does look like they have the best receiving talent they've had. Mm -hmm. Give me your thoughts. On Baltimore going forward. Now, Burrow's out. Buffalo's not going to make the playoffs. I think they match up with Kansas City well. Give me your thoughts. You know, Lamar, about the contract, the offseason. He yeah. finally has playmakers. What do you see when you watch your friend? It just looks dangerous. It just looks like the game is coming so easy to him. Um, to in total control, I think I said this before. And just when you understand the offense, and you come to work every day, and now you know you can get better. I can get better tomorrow because, you know, when I get the play sheet, it's faxed over to me at night. I can look at all these calls, and I can see the touchdowns. Like, if you can see the, the success in, in the play sheet, in the, in the play calls, that's when, that's when you thrive. You and sleep I think, well. Yeah, and I think Lamar just comes into a game where he knows, look, I'm coming to get it done with my arm, but I got my, I, I can get it done with my legs too. But you know, to spread the ball around to Zay and and Odell, and I don't have to do it on my own. It, it just makes the game so much easier. So uh, it's a big credit to Lamar. It's even bigger credit to um, John Harbaugh, who's 
you know, surrounding him with the talent and the organization who making sure that, you know, we ain't going to leave no excuses when it comes down to this AFC championship game. You know, if we get there, we're going to be well equipped. For the record, when players get paid, they often change. Lamar's different. Jalen Jalen Hurts. Lamar got paid. Lamar he's feistier. He's <laughs> you know some guys get paid, and I've heard this before from GMs. Some guys get paid, yeah. and it's just they're not the same guy. He almost is more intense and feistier. The money yeah. didn't change him at all. Yeah, these dudes just want to. They they want to be great. They want to be great. They they never want to be the reason why their team don't win the game. When you take on that type of attitude, I never wanted to be the reason. I never wanted to cut the film on it. Man, if I'd have made a better throw, I wouldn't have thrown that interception. Or, and there was times I had my moments. Yeah. But, you know, um, more good than bad. And, you know, if they continue to progress and continue to take that presidential attitude on and off the field, man. When, these, when did you these, get it? Year four, year five, when you said, wait, wait, wait. Did somebody have a conversation was, with you and said, like Michael? Year, it was like year six or seven when I started to realize the impact I had on the game what I was doing for the for the game and for the position, how I could grow and get better. Once I got with Bobby Petrino, was introduced to a different offense, a different system, um, I you know, I started to see my potential. Now it went from just making Pro Bowls to now, you know, chasing greatness. Not the the Super Bowl uh in the aspect of, you know, what that would do for my legacy started to creep in. It was a little too late, but I got it. And so when I got to Philadelphia took on the same attitude and was able to bring the younger guys with me and help them be, you know, in the, in, the, in the leadership role so they can understand when I leave what they got to do to the next generation. So I knew I had to pass on that goodwill. And, and so I was just extremely focused on that, but it made me a better football player. Great seeing you as always. You're flying yeah. back to Florida here? Headed back to Florida. All right. Hope you had a Thanks good Thanksgiving with your family. Yeah, I did. Michael Vick, Fox Sports. It's Freddie Prinze Jr. and Jeff Dye back in the ring. Wrestling with Freddie makes its triumphant return for an electrifying fourth season. Hey, Jeff, are you ready to rumble our way into an all-new season of Wrestling with Freddie? You better believe I have. I've been practicing my body slams, and I'm jacked. All right, don't go injuring yourself now. We'll be highlighting the best stories and matches of the week in wrestling from AEW, WWE, and have one-on-one talks with the best talents in the world of pro wrestling. Listen to Wrestling with Freddie on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals, Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. What's up, everybody? This is Stephen A. Smith, host of the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast. Tune in every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday at the very least as I bring you all new episodes that feature the biggest headlines in the world of sports, pop culture, business, and I answer your phone calls and respond to your tweets. You'll hear my unfiltered opinions and straight-shooter interviews with top celebrities and game changers. All that and more. So listen to the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.